Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there. Recently, I was having a conversation with a client, and she admitted to me that she doesn't want anything. Like she's a, like she says that if she wants something really badly, then it doesn't happen. So she just doesn't let herself want anything. And oh my God, I was like, I need to know more about this thinking, you know, and like what, what leads to it, like what, what's behind it. So when I pressed her, she says that she pretends she doesn't really want it, like whether it's a cue or a title or whatever. And she's even gone so far as she stopped telling other people about her hopes, her goals, like the things that she wants. She's still entering trials. She'll, she's still doing things. And she says she does this in other areas of her life as well. So my initial reaction was like, whoa, what is going on? Like it felt like a defense mechanism to me. And it felt kind of sad and defeatist. And I was like, oh my God, this can't, this can't be. That was like my gut reaction. Um, and so we talked through the origins of this type of thinking and she said that, you know, this is the, this kind of thinking has been with her like a really large part of her life. And while we got to a more constructive place in the conversation and I got her thinking about, you know, approaching it different ways, it was clear that she was super comfortable or maybe it just was a super ingrained habit of this is how she was going about things, right? She just was not going to let herself want anything, all right? And so, of course, sometimes we are comfortable with something, let's say, not fun, right? Because in, in my, from the outside, this just looked like not fun. <laughs> this, looked just, this looked sad, right? But, you know, sometimes we get comfortable with, with a way of thinking or acting or being because it's what we know, right? There are no surprises. And even, but even a week after the session with her, I was still thinking about the strategy. Like I just like it could, I could not stop thinking about it. And while it, while coming at it from the negative, I finally realized like the light went on for me, like, and it took me a week, I'm going to admit you, um, but that this client was actually onto something, sort of. It just took me so while, a while to see it. When I stepped way back, and I mean like 20, 30,000 feet back, I saw that what she was doing was that she was actually trying not to focus on the outcome. Oh my God, this is what I tell people. Don't focus on the outcome. Um, and so it was like a face palm. It was like like legit, like hand, palm to face. Um, I was like, oh my God, she's actually in this like kind of weird way of going about it. Or maybe it's just a weird way of communicating it. Maybe it's super clear in her head. She's actively staying away from the outcome goal, right? She's not going to focus on the outcome. 
And um, I think I even, when I finally realized this, and I don't even know what I was doing, you know, because sometimes you think of things when your your mind wanders off in other directions. And I think I laughed out loud at myself. I was like, oh my God, this is what she's doing. And so, I mean, to be clear, there's there's still a whole bunch of like not so great layers in her thinking and how her, and how she frames things. However, she's learned in her own way not to quote want the outcome or not to chase it, right? And of course, like on some level she wants it. And, and so we, we got into conversations with that. And of course, I am like super like in the bubble, like confidential, like when it comes to coaching. So I'm not going to tell you anymore. Um, but it just was like such an interesting thing to think about it. And it was such a new twist, I guess, from how I've ever had these conversations with people before, or how I've ever even thought about or talked about outcome and process goals, right? So basically, when you think about it, left to our own devices, right, which most of us have been, <laughs> we come up with all sorts of really coping mechanisms, and that, which is really what this is, right? And we come up with all sorts of cop- coping mechanisms to get the results we want, in the ring as well as in life, right? From superstitions, which I am a um, super superstitious person, I guess on the outside, but I've come to believe that these are really intentions. So I'll have to do another podcast on that. Um, But so from superstitions to pretending we don't want something to keeping our desires a secret, and there's a million other little behavior tricks that we've developed um, in some ways to protect ourselves from disappointment, um, but really it's to shift our focus, okay? And um, we're actually shifting our focus on the process, which is what we want. It just should be a little bit of a, I'm going to say straighter slash more conscious behavior, if that's making sense. So here's another version of the same thing, the jinx. Okay, so have you ever had someone say to you, don't worry, you're going to be great. You got this. Oh, my God, you're winning the class. And you like basically yell back to them like, don't jinx me, you know, or um, hey, you're, you know, oh, you haven't gotten a ticket in three years or whatever. And they're like, don't jinx me. Right. And um, the jinx to me or in this context, really, it's less about being superstitious right? Or about like kind of calling it in. And it's more about drawing your attention, right? Because a minute ago, you weren't thinking about the fact that, um, oh my God, it's in the bag. You weren't thinking about that. You were thinking on what you had to do. But someone says to you, oh my God, you're, you're going to win. You've totally got this. And now you're like, oh my God, I got this. I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to, and now you're at the outcome. And now you're at the result. Now you're at the end. Okay. So you sort of slid into, right? Um, with the quote, the jinx, you slid into drawing your attention to the outcome instead of keeping your attention on the process and the things that you have to do in order to get to the outcome. Does that make sense? So it just, it's kind of this like really weird twist that I like honestly never would have thought of unless I'd have had this conversation. So let's talk about outcome goals and process goals for a minute, okay? So outcome goals are those results, 
right? And you're thinking about the end, you're thinking about the result, you're thinking about the thing that you want. And when you walk into the ring, say, you're already thinking about like, I want a cue, I have to be clean. Or um, I need, you know, I, I want to win this class, or I want to finish this title uh, today. I've only got, it's Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon, I've got one more run, one more chance to get this title, I want to finish this title. So it's all about results focused. And of course, the problem with outcome goals, there's, well, there's a few. <laughs> there's a few problems with outcome goals. But one of the big problems with outcome goals is um, it puts you at the end. It just, it puts you at the result. It puts you like on the podium, right? And it's one thing to visualize yourself on the podium and work toward that and manifest that. And it's another thing to just like put your whole focus on the end, on the thing, on the outcome. Because the big thing about outcome goals is we're not 100% in control of them, right? So you think about any run, any ring, your ring of choice, picture your venue of choice. Um, A lot could happen, right? There's usually a judge involved. Um, They could make a bad call. They could, you know, score, you know, make a weird score Um, or something could happen in the environment. Uh, maybe your dog doesn't like storms and unpredictably there's a, you know, big thunderstorm suddenly, like wasn't forecasted. There's all these other things, all these other variables that come into play anytime we walk into the ring. And, you know, control freaks like myself, you know, we try to do as much preparation and as much to control the environment or put ourselves in a good place as we can. But at the end of the day, you know, the outcome is not 100% within our control. All right. So switching gears, let's go to process. Process goals we can control. We're 100% in control of a process goal. So if you're ever not sure which one you have, ask yourself, are you 100% in control? And, you know, even our dogs, as much training as we do and as much as we are directing them and, quote, telling them what to do, we're really influencing them. We're heavily influencing them and we're relying on our training and our proofing and our experience and their experience and our team and our relationship and all of those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, like, you know, squirrel, right? And their attention goes some other direction. Or, you know, someone in agility, someone like something catches their eye and they look off and they have the bar, right? I mean, like there's so many things, okay? So we are influencing them and a process goal is the things we can then control, okay? So like connection, like making sure we have connection when we go in the ring, Um, making sure that um, maybe even we're going to run really smooth. We're going to really think about smoothing everything out or we're going to, in agility, have like a really good start line stay or something like that. And, you know, some of those things take skills underneath them, right? So if this was a pyramid, if you can envision a little pyramid, draw a pyramid in your head, the outcome goals are the top third of the pyramid, right? The skinny part. Um, We work toward those. 
The process goals would be in the middle, and those are things like connection, or uh, running smoothly, or even a start line stay, or getting a weave entrance and agility, or a really great uh, figure eight, right? There's so much uh, footwork in a, in a really beautiful figure eight pattern on your part and your dog's part, right? So there's a lot going on there. And so that bottom level of the pyramid are skills. The skills that we need to go back and learn or learn for the first time maybe or proof or brush up on in order to be able to be in control of our process goals. And if we do those things right, now we put ourselves in position to hopefully, potentially uh, achieve those outcome goals, right? And so it's a matter of focus, of course, as this whole conversation is leading to. Um, But it's a matter of really looking at setting the right intention, the right focus for your runs. So like what I try to do, for instance, like if you have a trial this weekend, what I try to do is like earlier in the week or, you know, sometimes not, sometimes as I'm driving to the trial in the morning, I think about what do I really want out of the day? And if I'm running multiple dogs, I do so for each dog. And if I'm running multiple classes, then, you know, what do I want for each classes? And I've done this in every venue from confirmation to agility to water sports, whatever the venue is. It, it is it's the preparation, the mind piece of it is the same. And that is, what do you want to happen? And not the outcome, but like when you walk into the ring for your run, say it is an obedience run, what are you really want to focus on? And you can't focus on everything, right? There's a whole bunch of elements you're in the ring of feels like a very long time sometimes. And if you just want like great connection, or if you know that like, you know what, if I get them at the start, you know, at that very first setup, um, and there and I've got their attention, I know that that's the key, right? Um, or is there another part of it? Like today, I just really want to nail that figure eight. Uh, and what does nail that figure eight look like to you? Like really start to picture it and really start to imagine it. Because the truth is, if you focus on the pieces, if you focus on the aspects, the process, um, those elements, now you have a chance at a really great performance, a cue worthy or, you know, depending on the judge and depending on all those other factors, right? But now you have a chance at the outcome goal that you hope for and that you do have written down in your journal as your goals for the year or your goals for this month or quarter. Um, But those process goals are really what you should be setting for each weekend. And so as you are, if you are listening to this on your way to a trial, I urge you to take, you know, your first dog and think about, okay, in this class, what do I want to accomplish, right? Um, I am doing agility right now with two of my dogs and they're a year apart in age, but they're probably two, maybe more years apart in experience right now. And, um, and so my, um, process goals for each of them are very different. Um, Moxie, I really working on weave entries and getting the weaves the first time. She's having kind of some performance anxiety about her, about it rather. Um, apparently, I need to make her listen to these podcasts. Um, and uh, she's having a little performance anxiety about it. And now she's doing them perfectly, but always on the second try. Okay. Trip, on the other hand, 
He just needs ring time. He literally just needs to walk in the ring again and again. He just needs, you know, what I would call miles or experience. Um, he has skills, but he's got a baby boy brain. And um, sometimes he just can't hold it all together. And so I'm not even focused on even being clean or even getting weave entrances. I just want him to get into the ring, get in the ring, get into the ring so that it can become normal for him, right? So those are really different goals. And I can have a queuing run and accomplish those goals, or I can have an NQ run and accomplish those goals. And so I think that's important too. And it goes back to our why and why we're even doing this and what we want to get out of it. Um, But it also goes back to like, you know, you're making progress all the time. And even from mistakes, if you're looking at them with curiosity and um, being inquisitive and trying to learn and trying to get better, then you're able to get a lot more out of a run. And yes, when you come out of the ring, someone's going to go, hey, how'd you do? And you're going to think to yourself, they want to know if I cute or not. Maybe they do, maybe they didn't. Maybe they're just like the rest of us, sort of in a habit of of asking the question that way. But you're in charge of saying like, oh my God, she got the weaves first try. I'm so excited, right? And you're making their focus be about your process goals as well and not just on the outcome. We're so outcome focused, right? We're so focused on that ribbon table. And uh, it just isn't the complete picture of success. There's so much more that goes into Um, how we define success. And we don't need to let the, I'm going to say the outside world, right? Um, Define what success means. It's not just a green cue ribbon on the dashboard, right? So we need to really look at things differently and we need to um, figure out how to come to that focus in our own way. And of course, if you're using one of these coping mechanisms like not letting yourself want anything or being fearful of the jinx. Um, I think that there is a more constructive path for you. I'm going to put that forward. Um, But it is an interesting twist and why I brought it up. But it's an interesting twist on, you know, getting your mind refocused on the process and those things that you can control. All right. So I'm going to say it's an interesting tactic. I'm going to call it a coping mechanism, Um, but it doesn't make it bad. If it's working for you, keep doing it. Just know that you can even go deeper on your process goals and even um, enrich them even more. Okay. So that's the challenge I'm going to put for you this weekend. Um, As you prepare for the trial, Focus on a few process goals each day for each dog or each run, how, how, depending on your venue. And, you know, take a moment at the end of the day to reflect on those process goals. You know, even write down a note or two or what did you notice or what did you learn? And, um, and I would be so curious to know how this is different from your normal process. All right. So let me know how it goes. And no matter what you do, I hope you have a great week with your dog. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. 
And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.